every single thing rises and falls on leadership and everything. I mean, I read till I fall asleep. Oh. I wake up. I'm reading. It's reading. It's affirmations. It's journaling. It's filling myself up with so much good, so much positivity, so much passion for life that I eat fear for breakfast. Sacks in the morning. Sports, money, life. Steve Sacks. Hi, Steve Sachs here with Sachs in the Morning, and today is our long-form addition to the podcast. Our guest today is Debbie Neal. Debbie is an entrepreneur, a coach, and a speaker. She's also a mother of four, and she is a host of the amazing motivational podcast, Level Up with Debbie Neal. I absolutely loved talking with Debbie because her thoughts and themes on how to transform your life are so dead on with what I talk about here on Sacks in the Morning. There is no way you can listen to this lady and not walk away so fired up as I am and so excited to share my conversation with her today. Debbie, thank you so much for being here on Sacks in the Morning. Oh, it's my pleasure, Steve. I'm excited. Yeah. Now, Debbie, we have a lot in common, actually. You're an athlete, and I was an athlete a long time ago. But I want to kind of get your opinion on how being athletic has really fit into what you're doing in the world today and how it has been maybe able to help you uh, continued success. But that fitness part of it is just so important. So maybe you can dig into that a little bit. Okay. I love this. Quote. This is a great way to start. Okay. <laughs> because here's the first thing that I want everybody to know. You don't have to be an athlete to be successful. However, I know I am who I am today because of sports that played a big part in it. And not only sports, so something you need to know about me, I'm not one, I don't do participation trophies and I never waited for a participation trophy. I don't roll that way. So there's sports and then there's the arena that I like to play in. I wanna win. I wanna play to win. I wanna coach to win. I wanna do everything to win. So. I'll, I'll summarize this really short and you could stop me at any point, but I was <laughs> go brought right up. Yeah. I was brought up basically with a tennis racket in my hand. I had oh. grandparents that were in the U S open. And so I came from a, a tennis history. Mm. And so I was playing at a really, really young age. And it was like a full-time job for me. I would go to tennis camp. I'd play eight hours a day. And then I was playing at a competitive level, but see, I wanted to compete. I wanted to win. I wanted to dominate the court. So what does that take, right? What it took is when my friends were going out socializing, there was a ball machine that I would play for eight hours a day over and over and over. In tennis, most people, their backhand is weaker than their forehand. Mm. Most athletes that play the game of tennis. So knowing that, what do I want to have one up? So the backhand over and over and over again. So I was known as people would like think they were hitting to my weaker side. And it was almost fun to see the reaction of the stands because they knew that I was actually going to dominate if they hit it to my backhand. So I took those things and and applied it. Right. So when you look at success, anything you do, there's going to be people that start a business, work for someone. They want to either just get by. They want to be patted on the back. They want to be told they're doing a good job. And then there's some of us that play to win. I'm like in your arms right now. OK, <laughs> yes. that that I'm here to own space and win and become the very best version of myself, no matter what that takes. And I know that being an athlete and coaching played a gigantic 
part in that because here's the reality, no matter what you do, and I'm in leadership. I love to lead. I love to coach. I love to train. I love to inspire. My purpose on this earth is to get in the hearts and the souls of people to help them reach their God-given potential. So there's two types of coaches, those that coach to win and those that coach not to lose, Mm. right? So- We could talk all day because I'm about ready to jump out of my seat when I when I just listened to you. I've, I've listened to Debbie Neal now uh, here on the podcast for a few minutes, and I, and no wonder the people that she coaches, I'm sure, have got the same uh, the same type of reaction. Debbie, I mean, it's just it's so refreshing to hear what you're saying to the no excuses to I don't want to hear that. And there's always that reason why people just don't ever reach their potential. Now you have four kids. You know, a lot of women struggle to build their careers and to be the mothers they want to be. Why don't you just kind of dig into that too and tell us how you've struck that balance and and what advice do you have for those mothers? Okay. So I'm going to say this in the most loving way. Okay. And anybody who knows me, they're like, oh no, what's coming? You go right ahead. (laughs) So I can say this. Debbie, don't sugarcoat it now. I wanted you to just go ahead and feel comfortable and say what you think. Me me and sugar, (laughs) we don't go, we're not in the same thing. Okay. I'm salty. Okay. Okay. I I am sweet, but I'm salty. So I can say this because I'm a woman. You can't say this because you're a man. Okay. okay? (laughs) But what I can say is in regards to that, like, So many times we hear like, it's been a man's world, a man's world, a man's world. Well, it's not, but when we tell ourselves that story, what would a man do when he's working full time or building a career and having children? He's expected to do it all. So if we expect to play in that arena, then I'm gonna play in that arena, Mm -hmm. right? So for me, I have four children, they're my life. I do what I do for my Mm -hmm. children. And so you can have it all. You really can. I mean, I was actually a stay-at-home mom for five years. Uh-huh. I was one of those women that I was like, oh, I'm never going to quit my job. I was the director of training for CVS Pharmacy in my past life. And I love to train. I love to mentor. And I was like, I'm never going to I'm never gonna leave this until I had my first baby. Mm. And then I was home for five years. And I'm like, I'm living the dream. And right. then after six months, I'm like, for me, not judgment, for me, this is I'm dying over here. I'm I'm going out to lunch. People are buying things. They're hiding shoes under their bed from their husband. Oh. Everybody's complaining about their life. Nobody's doing anything about it. And I thought somebody dropped me off at the tip of hell and they weren't giving me a ride back. <laughs> oh and I gosh. thought, and I'm not coming from judgment. I actually loved all my friends, but I wanted more. Mm. I wanted a life with fire mm. and challenge and growth and goals, but I also wanted to be a full-time present parent, Mm -hmm. and I am. I was able to do both, I'm able to do both, and as a result, my children live in a merit-based world. They they live that way, they grow that way, they build that way, they go to school that way, and so they've watched their mom build a business from the ground up, and I, I just want them to be the very best they can be, and so, you are able to have it all. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. You could take the most successful people. They have 24 hours in a day. Yep. It's what we do during those hours. So I would let any woman know you can. And honestly, you're a better mom when you become the very best. Very When my soul is lit up, I have much bigger and better conversations with my children wow. than if mm. it wasn't. Yes. 
Well, I'm just like a, a sponge here taking up everything you're saying. I couldn't agree more than than what you're, what you're putting out here. Look, everybody's got some limitations, and we all got to push through them. I talk about that on my podcast. I know you do as well. Talk to it about some of the limitations that you've had to push through and some of the hardships that you've had to overcome. Because in as much as you know, you have the most unbelievable outlook on life, we, we all have challenges. We, we got to fight through those things. So kind of enlighten us a little bit about that. Well, here's the thing. I'm a very big believer in you can find anybody that's had great success. It's only because they've overcome great valleys there. Mm. It's that's where all the lessons are. That's where mm. worth it happens when we're in the valley and we're coming over obstacles. So I'll give you I'll give you one major yeah. one and I could give you as many as you want. But um, I talk about this actually in my very first episode of my podcast when it launched about a year ago, just so people could kind of get a better understanding of who I am and what my story is. So sure. I was 21 years old. Mm-hmm. I was in college. And long story short, I th- there was circumstances. And I was told I was in the hospital for about a week. Mm-hmm. And I was told by a doctor that I would never be a mom. Oh, I wow. would never be a mom. They were mm-hmm. sorry to tell me that just I would never be able to be a mom. And wow. I could remember sitting there thinking, like I was devastated. I was broken. Now I was only 21. So I wasn't really thinking of being a mom yet, but I was just always assuming I'm going to be a mom. Like that's mm-hmm. just the natural course of life. Sure. And I remember I was really, really broken for about 24 hours. And then I was like, you know what? God has a really big plan for me, mm-hmm. a really big plan for me. And so it starts right now with great power comes great responsibility. And I realized at that moment, you have the gift of leadership. Don't you dare waste it. So you have two options, Deb. You can take the opinion of science and a professional who doesn't know you, doesn't know your capabilities, has no idea your mindset and what you were born to do. Or you can get up, erase everything he just said from your mind. You ever see like Men in Black? You ever see the movie Men in Black? Mm -hmm. Where they're like, beep, 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 Mm -hmm. beep, beep. And they like erase if those people ever saw the aliens. You could forget you ever had the conversation with this doctor and you can walk out and decide right now that you're gonna be a mom. Now it definitely took medical science. It took years, but I'm the mom of four. And I Mm -hmm. do believe at that very moment, I could have listened so often in life. We can listen to the odds. We can listen to what we're told and we can believe because we have the power of our thoughts. We Mm -hmm. can believe it or we can redefine our possible Mm -hmm. and we can expand our limits. And that was a really challenging time for me. Mm -hmm. I I could also tell you another one that's really not, it's a little bit funny, but not so funny. It wasn't funny at the time, Mm -hmm. but I could look back now and find it funny. So I was a a good student in high school, but I have to tell you, in my junior year, not proud of it. Grades went down, socializing, going out, having the best time, (laughs) cared more about talking on the telephone that was attached to the wall, laying on my kitchen floor with my parents. Called being a kid. Go ahead. Yep. Mm -hmm. Then I cared about school. And so long story short, I didn't get the GPA that I really should have gotten. Okay. And I didn't get my choice of school. So I went to a school it was fine. I was meant to be there. My first semester, I got a 1.7, a 1.7. Yeah. I see your eyes opening up. Okay. And so how did you do that? (laughs) I'm going to tell you how I did that. It wasn't based on my grades. It was based on attendance. Mm. And so my parents Mm. were really, really strict in high school. And when you're so, I basically had a 1030 curfew till I went away to college. Like people went out at 10. So what happens is I went to college and it's somebody like opened up the gates and like a wild animal came out. So I was having so much fun with my friends that I got that grade on attendance because I overslept my one o'clock class. Okay. (laughs) One o'clock class. But 
I was meant to fail. Here's the point of the story. So yeah. then I got great grades. And my junior year, my advisor was like, you've got to get rid of this one seven. Like it's weighing you down. And so I'm like, you know what? Let me take a course over the over Christmas time and, you know, take an extra course. And I saw public speaking and I was like, oh, this looks easy. Let me take public speaking. And so I was a business major at the time. I was second semester junior year. And I said I, I had to give a presentation at the end to like 50 people. And I sat down at the end. One of my sorority sisters were next to me. And I'm like, I am so pumped. I got a 1.7 freshman year. I am pumped. And she's like, why? And I'm like, because if I didn't fail, I wouldn't be here. And if I wasn't here, I would not know that I'm going to have a microphone in front of my face with millions of Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. I was meant to fail so I can find my path. I didn't really have a path freshman year. So you know, my 1.7 wasn't the biggest adversity, but my father's reaction was. Oh, oh. boy. Same thing in my, in our home. Debbie, can you stay on for three hours today? Because there's so many things <laughs> I want to talk. Debbie, when you mentioned the odds, that's why you saw me light up. We've done many times we've talked about the odds. Because when you talk about odds, odds are basically just a bet against what the average is. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're above average, then the mean goes up. I mean, if you're below average, it goes down. And that's the way we looked at that. But, you know, I had a guy write me a letter one time when I got out of baseball. He said, you know what the odds were of you being able to make it into Major League Baseball? It was one in 4875000 just in the U.S. And for you to win the Rookie of the Year was one in 2.16. Billion. Those were the odds for, to do those things. But to me, the odds meant nothing because I didn't consider myself average. So those odds didn't pertain to me. I shouldn't be in that study because I'm not the average. That's what I thought of myself. And I just want you to expand on the, that a little bit when people talk about, oh, the odds are against me. Right. So first of all, I don't believe in odds. In fact, my son is the captain of his lacrosse team. He is an amazing, like, I just love to sit there and watch people say, who's that kid? Who is he? Who's Tyler Neal? Right. And I have another son coming up in high school and he's just as good. And so even when I enter the field to watch him play and I hear other parents, what's this team seated? Or where are they ranked? I'm like, can all of you please stop the background noise? Because if this team is ranked above us, you're coming in expecting your boy to lose. I'm coming in and my boy is going to dominate. I'm not interested in who had a good game or a bad game prior to us arriving. Okay, exactly. When I started, I'm an entrepreneur and I started a business about 16 years ago. And with to reach the top of anything, people are going to show you the odds, right? So I was told there's 1% to get here. And there's and then, then to get into that 1%, there's a 1% to get into the top 1%. And so I was like, no problem. I am the 11111, no problem. Like 100%. <laughs> yes. I'm in, I'm here, I'm going to own it, whatever it takes. And then so after I started my business, I hear people all the time, what are the chances? What are the odds? And so my answer is always the same. Same company, same products, same opportunity. There's one variable factor, one. So you tell me, what are your odds? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree you- with you 100 I Absolutely. You're you're <laughs> dead on with that. And Debbie, I, I have to ask you a couple more questions because I know we're, we're limited in time today. But I I want to ask you how that personal growth and empowerment radiate out into the world and improve not just you or ourselves, but other people that you're around. Well, we'll never outgrow our level of personal development. Never. I believe whatever we do for a living, it's we're going to get to a certain point and then it's going to be our personal growth, our development, our energy that takes us to the next level. And it affects 
everybody around us because energy is everything, right? You either make a decision that you're going to be the type of person that you walk into a room and you light it up or you leave the room and it lights up. Mm -hmm. But energy is everything. The way we think, the way we speak, the way we react, the way we, you know, Every single thing rises and falls on leadership and everything. I mean, I read till I fall asleep. Oh. I wake up, I'm reading. It's reading, it's affirmations, it's journaling. It's filling myself up with so much good, so much positivity, so much passion for life that I eat fear for breakfast. <laughs> like we let those things in. We let those things in when there's a crack in our belief. Yes. I, in, our, in our personal growth and development. And, and I know in your podcast, your shorts are affirmations. Mm-hmm. I love that about your podcast. We do that as well here on ours. And, you know, Debbie, I want to ask you a real quick one about the pandemic. It's been difficult for some people. Uh, obviously, it's been it's been a time of change and reinvention for people. What message of hope do you have for people who have decided that after the pandemic to make that major change in their lives? First of all, change is good. Change is the only constant, right? And with change, there's always going to be challenge. And so when you remove the LLE from the word challenge, you're going to see the word change. Mm-hmm. So I view the pandemic or any single thing that we go through, it's a it's a new birth. It's a new beginning. It's a new start. And we all, I mean, people had loss, people had, whether it was jobs, whether it was mental, whether it was sickness, you know, I don't want to disrespect or be unkind to the people that truly did go through things. But honestly, I looked at it as a time of getting centered, getting mm-hmm. focused. Mm-hmm. What's my next level? Like this, anybody that lost anything during this, and I'm not talking about a life. Okay. Sure. But some people like, I believe good doors close so better ones could open. So sometimes we're so focused on trying to open that door that closed or trying to save that relationship that wasn't meant to be, or trying to hold on to that job that really isn't meant for us. It's looking at this as an opportunity that you're ready, no pun intended, to level up, to expand, to really know that the world has your back. Everything is always working out for you. And this is your opportunity to step into your greatness because we have one life and no dress rehearsal. One life. And and my advice to anybody would be like, shut off the news, shut off the nonsense, shut off the noise. Don't let anybody control your mind. Don't let anybody control your thinking. Because I'll tell you this, when everybody's looking left and right and arguing over which is the glass is half full and half empty and red and, and blue, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to build and build and build. When other people are distracted, <laughs> I'm just going to keep moving forward. So know that this is your opportunity to really step into what you were meant to be in this oh my world. Gosh. I just got to ask you, I, I want to know what your kids are like. I mean, they've got to uh-huh. be so proud of their mom and the leadership role you have, and you speak your mind, and you're such a pillar of strength. I'd love to meet your kids. What are your kids like? They're amazing. I'll bet. They really are. I'll bet they seen, are. Mom is the best title that I've ever had. It's the, it's They're the, kind. It's the most important job in the, in, in the world. I said it a million times. Being a mother is the most important job in the world. Go ahead. And being a father, like it truly is because every breath I take, every word I say, every action I take is is so I can be more, so I can help my children be more, right? We can only, and the same thing with leadership, I can never look at my children and look at them in the face and say, you can be anything you want to be if I don't believe that for myself. Mm-hmm. We 
release our belief. Every word that comes out of our mouth, like if people ever say to their kids, you can never do that, or you're not oh. smart enough for that, or you'll never make that team, or you can never play professional baseball. Don't be ridiculous. Don't dream that big. Like you're the best. I wake up every day and I tell my kids, you can do anything. You're the best. You dominate. You were born to win. And, and I say that because I believe that, but it takes years of the personal growth and development so we can share it. Yeah. Well, you know what I want to share is, and what I believe is the light of God, Debbie, is busting through you. And you are an amazing leader. And I can't tell you how lucky we are to have you on this podcast and you have been able to enlighten the listeners here. They're going to get so much from this. So Debbie, tell us how we can get in front of your podcast and become listeners there as well, because we want everybody on our podcast to be, you know, listeners of yours. So maybe you can fill us in on how to do that. Okay. Amazing. So you can find me anywhere where you would find a podcast and you would find my podcast. Just search level up with Debbie Neal. Uh, you just made a bunch of new fans on this podcast, including the people in this room, and we're just thrilled to have you on here, and we can't thank you enough, and you're just an amazing person. Thank you so much for being on here with us. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Nice meeting you. If you like what you heard today, please give us a positive review, subscribe, and share the program. Also, be sure to listen to my Sacks in the Morning shorts three days a week for a couple of minutes of uplifting suggestions to get your day off to a great start. Our music is performed by my adorable niece, Elena Jane. And remember, to reach your goals and your dreams, follow your emotional heart.